heart, lungs, or muscle. Which one is your limiter? How do we identify it? What do we do about it? Let's find out. Okay. Now, you might have seen our YouTube channel where we did some of this with uh, a member from the Kendall Cycling Club. We're going to build on that a little bit. If you haven't seen that episode, go check it out. We described the whole process of testing and everything else. It's pretty cool. Now, this is the thing. In the last episode, if you haven't checked it out, you probably want to listen to that one first before you get too far into this one. We talked about VO2, and at the end, we started talking about that uh, analogy about the, the mining operation, about how we mine coal transport it to the furnace, store it, and then burn it to create energy. And then described how that was very, very similar to how we breathe in oxygen, transport it to the myoglobin, and then convert it to energy to make a muscle twitch. Same idea. If you create a demand for more energy, the rest of the system will adapt to supply it, you know, supply and demand equation. Now, this is going to be quite a short podcast. We can try and just add a little bit of perspective on all of that. Let's start with your lungs, which is where that inhale starts. And this is now dependent on the capacity of your lungs. Yes, sadly, set by genetics or general lung health have you been a smoker in the past that sort of thing do you look after them are they phlegmy do you eat food that creates lots of phlegm and stuff in your lungs if so can you improve your nutrition to improve your lung health can we improve the efficiency at which oxygen passes through and carbon dioxide pass through those alveoli yes with good nutrition and lung health and then the heart is a major component of this. And now we're all told about cholesterol and artery and vein health. Those are the motorways, the rail tracks of our, of our body. They are transporting that oxygen and that carbon dioxide through our body. And they need to be healthy as well. But also the hemoglobin has to be numerous and it also has to have good iron content so the oxygen will bind to it. You know, all of those sort of things. Uh, but also our heart rate is important. Now, our heart rate, again, set by genetics a bit, but the heart force can be trained. Remember, the heart is a muscle just like every other muscle. It's just got a very specific job. And the one thing that we don't think about is that you need some pressure, you know, behind that heart rate because when you're an athlete, your muscles are being constricted, they're being squeezed. And we can measure this with a, that test. We call it a total hemoglobin uh, test. Go check that YouTube channel out to get more perspective on this. But your heart needs to push, you know, into that working muscle and get there. You know, so heart rate is a component of not just speed, how frequently it beats, but also the ferocity of that heartbeat as well is important. That can that can be trained to be more effective and really get make sure blood gets into that, that muscle. And then we've got the muscle. And we talk about muscle oxidative capacity, where the mitochondria are, where that oxygen now gets transformed into ATP and the ability of your body to uptake that oxygen and make it into energy can be trained so 
it's all about this supply and demand. And let's just think about that metaphor that we talked about last time. So how can we make our mine, our lungs, the coal mine, more efficient? You know, how can we train it? One, we can take our body to a point where we are getting full and complete inhales and full and complete exhales. There is just some fantastic um, reading out there. The Oxygen Advantage book is definitely worth a look where we really talk about breathing. Yoga um, is just fantastic where it gives you control over your breathing. Remember, the exhale is just as important as the inhale. And when we test VO2 and muscle oxygen, we see athletes who are very good at inhaling can <laughs> breathe in, but they forget to properly and fully breathe out and dispose of that CO2. You know, those two things are important and they can be trained. You know, it's not just, oh, that's what I was born with. You can do more to make your lungs uh, healthier and more efficient. Healthy lungs, I'm not going to go into nutrition. I'm not a nutritionist, but you will find lots of information out there about how you can improve the efficiency of your lungs through good nutrition, avoiding foods that build up mucus and that sort of thing. So onto the heart rate then. So we've got this big lung full of oxygen and we're going to transfer it in. And that hemoglobin is now needs to attract. It needs to like come to me, oxygen, <laughs> come to me. And it does that through iron. So are we eating foods which are rich in iron that are going to make sure that our hemoglobin is in a healthy situation where it can attract oxygen out of the lung and into the bloodstream and bind onto it and carry it to where it needs to go. And that heart rate, you know, if we don't train our heart rate, it will fade, you know. <laughs> so um, as we get older, we lose a bit of that heart rate capacity. We all know that 220 minus your age, you know, unfortunately it's pretty outdated but it, it it kind of illustrates the point that as you get older your heart rate will decrease but also what we're doing to train the muscle force and we can train that we can train our muscle to our heart muscle to really push and strength training is a great way of doing that you know if you've ever been to a gym class doing those squat holds or that time under tension you'll probably hear your personal trainer talk about when your, your muscles are really tense you know now your heart has really got to try and push against that restricted arteries and veins and, you know put some ferocity behind it and that that can be trained through strength training you know and if we can do that we can then transport oxygen to where it needs to be and when it gets there you know that's the important thing and we train that mitochondria to then take that oxygen and become more prevalent and more efficient so remember we can breed more mitochondria as well as the mitochondria that we have can become more fit, uh, more efficient and there's two things that's what we call muscle oxidative capacity but this all comes down to we have to create a demand energy for that to work <laughs> unless our furnace the end of the railway lines remember this furnace a much more efficient more powerful furnace you can imagine that big flame burning away it's just demanding cold to be shoved on it you know 
as technology evolves, we can build a much more powerful furnace that demands more coal and then you have to build more trains. And then if the mine becomes bigger, you get the idea. You have to create the demand energy first. And we do that through building a stronger muscle that will demand more energy and the rest of our system will go with it. Now, how we test this, we use the MOXIE monitors. Now, the MOXIE monitors are a NERS sensor, so near-infrared spectrometry, and that looks through the adipose tissue into the muscle, and it now can detect the color difference between oxygenated and deoxygenated hemoglobin and myoglobin. Now, this is different to those little finger sensors that you've probably seen. They measure pulse oxygen, SpO2. So we're now measuring SMO2, saturation of muscle oxygen. And as we track that, we now get an insight as to how your body is accumulating, or how your muscle, rather, your myoglobin, is accumulating oxygen, you know, storing it in the yard of the mine. And then when you start to use that muscle, how quickly it can eat into that supply. And then how well your lungs and your heart can meet that demand. And we get that in that test. And this test basically comprises of doing five, what we call 515. So five minutes dead easy at your aerobic level. One minute's rest and then five minutes again at your aerobic level. And that one minute rest is really important because we get an insight as to when you take the load off, how quickly your lungs and heart can resupply the myoglobin. And then we go up a notch and we go into your threshold type of zone and we do that again now that we're introducing some anaerobic respiration and we start to see how quickly you desaturate or you use that oxygen and look for that one minute's rest and then we go over that and we do it again until eventually your, your legs stop and we used up all our oxygen all our glycogen and we come to a stop but we get a really good insight as to what part of the system is limited and we not only look at the smo2 but that total hemoglobin because remember as we warm up your capillaries will dilate and your blood um your legs and your working muscles will fill with blood and as you contract your muscle you will contract those arteries and those veins a little bit and blood flow will be restricted either on the way in or on the way out and we get to see this graph of of how your body is doing that but also we can use another one of these sensors on your non-working muscle and normally in a cyclist that's like your shoulder you don't really use your shoulder very much and your body is so clever like your body will be able to go oh i need more oxygen in my legs than i do in my shoulder and it will start restricting blood flow in your shoulder to make sure that one your vital organs brain heart lungs etc <laughs> are getting the, the oxygen that they need and then eventually send it to the working muscle now your body is so clever it'll always make sure that the vital organs are protected and eventually it'll start shutting down the working muscle your legs um, to make sure that we protect those vital organs and it will send out all those pain signals to make us stop you know so one takeaway from this is if you can find a, a test center that will do this and identify what your limiter is if you can't find that or you're not into it just have a think have a reflect you know do you look after your lungs? You know, do you eat well and keep those two things healthy? Are you doing something that not only just trains your maximum heart rate, but also the, the force that your heart is having to pump at 
And what about your muscles? Are you creating more demand for energy? If you're creating the demand, your body will meet that demand and supply what it needs. So I don't want to labor the point on that too much, but I think you're getting the idea of just how important oxygen is. And the more we understand it, and the more we understand how we move it around our bodies, the more empowered we become as athletes because we can now start making really good, intelligent decisions about how we're training and start to target what it is that we need to do to make progress. All right, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how I'm going to look at my training going into 2022, coming from the background where I am now to what I want to achieve. And hopefully by following along with my plans might just spark some inspiration and motivation of your own. Okay, until the next one, take it easy. 